We believe in this word. We believe in signs and wonders. We believe every day is a good day. Regardless of what's out there in the world, doesn't change who we are and what we believe. We believe every day is a good day. Why? Because the word of God says so. If it says this is the day that the Lord has made, we will rejoice. Every day God makes. Every day God blesses. How many people want to be blessed today? Well, you're already blessed. Why? Because you came to church. You could have stayed home and stayed in your pajamas and watched me on TV. But no, you decided to get pretty, get beautified, put on some clothes, take a shower, shave, and come to church. Hopefully you wore deodorant. Wear some cologne and perfume. If not, brush your teeth. Hallelujah. Let's not forget. Thank you. Brush your teeth. If not, I got something for you. I think every minister of the gospel should have this on them at all times. Because first impression is your breath. Come on. Don't you hate it when you talk to somebody, somebody gets close because, you know, when somebody wants to talk to you, they're, they're going to break that six-foot divide, that, you, know, that, you know, that barrier. And when they come too close to you, man, you know if they don't, man, you can tell what they ate. <laughs> Boy, you had garlic this morning, didn't you? Here. Should I, look at it. He's already put one in his mouth. You never know. Subliminally. I didn't say gum. Because what do you do with your gum? You put it underneath the pew, and I don't like that. Or you put it in the carpet. No, 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 no. Mint. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's a great day to be alive. It's a great day to be in the house of the Lord. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. It's our scripture for this year. It specifies who we are as a church. It specifies us as a human being, as a born-again believer. Someone called of God. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, it says, Who has saved us? How many of you are saved? Hallelujah. And called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world. In other words, we were called before this world was being formed. We were already called. You were already called. Not just any call. You were called with a holy call. Not according to your works. So you can put your titles down. God is not interested in titles. He's not impressed with titles. So it's not according to your works that he called you. It's according to his purpose and grace. God don't make mistakes. Hallelujah. You are that part of the bodies because that's what God wanted. Like it. I'm going to say that again. You are that part of the body because that's what God deemed for you to be part of. Like it. Don't stop complaining. Why? Because God ain't going to listen. God doesn't make mistakes. Be happy who you are and part of the body because it's important for the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. And God is expecting you to do what he's called you to do. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're continuing what we've been talking about for, since Sunday, doing what God asked of us. God is always asking us to do something. But our question is, are we willing to listen? Are we willing to do what he asks us to do? No matter what the task may be, are we willing to do it? See, God ain't going to ask you what you could do for yourself. He's going to ask you to do what seems impossible. Because if you can do it already, it's not impossible. It's not a God thing. See, God wants you to do something that you're incapable of doing. Why? Because you're going to have to trust him all the way. 
And a lot of people don't like that. I like to do what I already know how to do. Well, that means that sounds great. But is that what God wants you to do? See, God has called you with a holy calling, not according to your works. If you can already do it, it ain't, you can't, God ain't going to get no credit. See, with everything that we do here at Abundant Living Ministries, we don't get credit. God gets all the credit. Amen. Everything we do, God gets all the credit. Amen. Why? Because it's not according to our works. It's according to his purpose and grace. Now, we know it's in God's purpose and grace to show his love, his goodness, and his very best to us every day, which he does through Jesus Christ. Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. God has given us his love, his goodness, and his very best every day through Jesus Christ. How many people can say amen to that? Amen. You're blessed to the Lord because of Jesus. Why? Because it was out of the love of God, he wanted you to have Jesus. It was out of his goodness, he wanted you to have Jesus. It was out of God's very best that you have Jesus. Why? Because he wants you blessed. And the only way you're going to be blessed on this earth is with Jesus. Because outside of Jesus, you're going to waste it. Now, all of us are guilty of wasting things. Let's don't shout me down. We, we're good at wasting things. But that's not why we're here today. We're here to do what God wants us to do. And that is to be an example, to be a witness. To see the kingdom of God expand. And for to see it to expand, we got to do what he tells us to do. Now... According to James chapter 1, verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, which whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. In other words, God will never give you something bad. God will never give you something broke. God will never give you something outdated. He will give you the best. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I thank God for my wife. Why? Because he gave me the best. If you're you husbands right there, thank God for your wife. Why? Because he gave you the best. You wives, thank God for your husband. He gave you the best. I thank God for my children. Why? Because he gave me the best children. Aren't you glad God gave you the best children? Well, Pastor Dad, you don't know my children, but I know God. I may not know your children, but I know God, and nothing's impossible for God. So don't count your children out yet. Don't throw them to the curb. Believe God. God can change them. I don't care. Well, Pastor Dad, you don't know what my children have done. Guess what? My mom and daddy didn't know the stuff that I did, but guess what? That ain't who I am anymore. They still believed God, and God got a hold of me. Shook me up, smacked me upside the head and say, you dummy. Come on. God's never talked to me like that. Well, he talked to me like that. Slapped me upside the head and smacked me and said, wake up. You're acting stupid. And that's what you get for acting stupid. Man, you, you, you jump into the world and guess what? You act stupid and you pay, you pay dearly. But I'm not, I'm not going to allow that to happen to you. So he had to slap me around and wake me up. That's what he did to me. I'm not saying that's what he's going to do to you tonight in the middle of the night. Well, don't be stupid because you never know. He's using stupid. That's not a word I use. Well, I use it. I'm not politically correct. I may say things that's not going to be, you may not like, but guess what? 
Blame God. Don't blame me. Take it to God. Work out your own salvation. That's what I have to do every day. God wants you blessed. And it's in his goodness and it's in his love and his goodness and in who he is. And everything that God gives you every day is not going to be broke. It's not going to break. It's going to give you the very best. It's going to take care of you. It's going to, it's going to give you the ability to establish the kingdom of God throughout your day. Every day. And I've asked this, and, and every day, and, I, and I've said this, every day we've asked God to do something for us. How many of you woke up this morning and asked God to do something for you today? There's nothing wrong with the ask. What does Matthew chapter 7 said? Verse 7 and 8, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. Those that ask shall receive. Those that seek shall find. Those that knocketh at the door, the door will be opened. In other words, God wants you to ask him something. And don't be afraid to ask him, ask him something. Well, Pastor Dad, I don't want to be prideful. Listen to me. If you are saved, sanctified, and full of the Holy Ghost, and you're a person of the Word, and you're a person of the Word, and you're a student of the Word, in other words, you study the Word, you ain't going to ask something out of pride. You ain't going to ask something that's crazy, that's ungodly. And I'm telling you, God wants you to have the best. Why? Because he's giving you the best. Do you think Jesus wore, wore um, thrift store clothes? No, if he was wearing thrift store clothes, why in the world when he was hanging on that cross, they were betting on his clothes? He wore the best. There's nothing wrong with wanting the best. There's nothing wrong with it. But you don't compromise your faith in God to get it. You don't have to. That's where we go wrong. We compromise. We think we got to cheat a little here, cheat a little there to get where we're going. No, you just acted like the world. We don't act like the world. We're not of this world. We're not conformed to this world. We've been transformed according to Romans chapter 12. Verse 2, we've been transformed by the root of our mind. We don't act. We don't follow the customs of this world. We follow God. And God's way is the best way. And I'm telling you, if you do it God's way, you're not going to suffer. You'll be persecuted. Yes, we know that. But you are going to overcome it. You're going you're to work your way through it. And you're going to come out on top. Do you believe this, ALM? See, it all starts in who God is. See, God is a giver. God so loved this world, he gave. He gave. And you think about what he has given us. And when it comes time for God to ask you to do something, how can we say no? Regardless of what it may be. Every day we ask God for something and there's nothing wrong with that. Is ALM willing to do what God asks him to do when it comes time for God asking you. Genesis chapter 12. Here's a man living his life. He's lived his life. He's at the ripe age of 85. Oh, you think you're about to retire. <laughs> oh, God's got a better plan for you. You never retire when it comes to the kingdom of God, when it comes to the purpose, plan, and expectation of God. Here's a man named Abram at the ripe age of 85, and he gets called out. And you got to realize something, the story behind Abram. He was not a born-again believer. He did not know God. He was a Chaldean. He worshipped the moon. He worshipped the stars. He worshipped, he had other gods, and all of a sudden, here comes God speaking to Abram. 
And in chapter 12, of verse, of verses 1 through 4, it says, Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, and unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make thee a great nation. And I will bless thee, and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curse thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 70, I'm sorry, not 85, 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. Okay, 75. I was 10 years old. But it doesn't matter. Some of you, those that are 75 years old, you think, oh, like my mama. She, think, she thinks she's going to retire. No, she's not. She raised her hand Wednesday night and said she wanted a job. Well, guess what? Get up and get out there and take it. He's going to tell you to go somewhere. And none of you lots can follow her. Nobody wants a lot with them. Do you realize Lot was a pain to Abram? Lot brought nothing but trouble to Abram. How many times did Abram had to get Lot out of trouble? And still, in the midst of that, he still messed it up. Why? Because God never called Lot. See, when God speaks to you, you've got to listen. And when God tells you to do something, there's always going to be somebody trying to hang on. And there's always going to be someone trying to go with you. Uh-uh. God didn't call them. God called you. Now, there's a time when God will call people like Paul and Silas, Paul and Bartholomew. In other words, Barnabas, sorry. And there's times when that. There's times when that, but... If God is speaking to you to go do something, he talked to you. And there's always going to be somebody that's going to try to hold you back. There's always going to be their, like family. like you know, there's always going to be, Because you've got to realize something. God called Abram. He was 75 years of age. I mean, he, had, he was settled in where he lived. And God says, get up and leave. Go to a place that you've never seen, you've never heard of. And guess what? I will bless you. I will protect you. And don't worry about those that come against you because if they curse you, I'll curse them. All God is looking for is you to say yes. He'll take care of the logistic side of everything else. Exactly what he did to Abram. He asked Abram to get out of thy country. In other words, get out of his familiar, to get out of his surrounding, what he knew. See, Abraham was 75. He was well known. He was well known in the community. He had, he had, he had wealth. He had prestige. He had all that. But God says, you got to get out of that, and i got to take you to a place where nobody knows you. Nobody, you don't know where it's at. Nobody knows you. The only person you know is me. And we see here in verse 4, Abraham did it. Abraham was blessed because he was a doer of what God asked him to do. He was blessed when he said yes. And he said yes. Many times people will say yes and they'll idly wait. No, 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 no. When you say yes, you got to be willing to pick up and move right then and there. You just can't idly wait. And, and, and wait till, the, till it's the right season. The right, oh, Lord, it's wintertime, and I don't like the snow. 
So I'll wait till summer. No, 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 no. God's telling you to pick up and go now. Abraham didn't wait for the right season. It could have been a monsoon. It could have been a drought. It could have, we don't, it doesn't say that. He said, he said he picked up and departed. He left. Because when he said yes, he says, I'm leaving. And he grabbed his stuff and he left. And he picked up a move. And he didn't know where he was going, but he was a doer. And because he was doer, every step he took, God blessed him. God gave him favor. Even when Lot messed up, God still gave Abram favor. And the only reason why Lot lived is because of Abraham. If Abraham would have said, I don't know that boy, he would have died in Sodom and Gomorrah. The only reason why Lot was saved, because of Abram. Because God had a covenant with Abram. And it all started back when God asked him to leave, when he said yes. That's the mercy of God when it comes to Lot. But we all know the story of Lot. He didn't listen. He, did, he was stupid and he made bad decisions. And he, and he was, got caught up in incest. And out of that came two mighty nations that, that Israel was constantly fighting. Matter of fact, if you went to the Dead Sea, you can see Moab. Because that part over there where the Jordan is, over there in Jordan, no, that, that's where the Moabites were, and that was born out of incest. The Amon was born out of incest. I was thinking about that. Man, that, oh, that's just nasty. But it's no different than today. They're doing that now. Why? Because you can see 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5 coming alive. Lover of pleasure, lover of flesh. That's what we're doing. But, but God's looking for people that will do what he tells them to do and go where he tells them to go, regardless of what they've never. It may be unfamiliar, but fear not, because God's in control. All God is looking for you to say, is say yes, he'll Fill in the holes. He'll, he'll take care of the logistics side of it. You don't have to worry about money. You don't have to worry about the campaign. You don't have to worry about what to say. He'll put the words in your mouth. But are you willing to do what he tells you to do? Well, Pastor, that's impossible. Nothing's impossible with God. Why? Because God has supplied all things through Christ Jesus. He's already supplied everything through Christ Jesus. In other words, you have the spiritual realm, you have the physical realm, and you have the financial realm all taken care of. Just like God took care of Abram. And this is why Abraham was so blessed. Why? Because he was willing to do what was asked of him. Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord went to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong, in behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. In other words, he walks to and fro in behalf of those, he's seeking those hearts who is perfect toward them. In other words, God has something for you. But if you go back and you read the, con the context of 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, it was talking about a king Asa and how he did wrong in the eyes of God. And because he didn't do what God told him to do, he found himself, as it says here, herein thou hast done foolishly, therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. He found himself in a continuous war when it was never in the purpose, plan, and expectation of God. Why? Because God had told Asa, king Asa to do something and he refused to do it. And when he refused to do it, he, he became diseased in his feet. And he died. And all he had to do was ask God to forgive him. But he refused because he got angry. He didn't like what the prophet had to tell him. 
But the prophet was true. Because you didn't do what God told you to do. And because of that, you're going to die. And he died. See, when you go outside of God's will, you're in trouble. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Remember, let me go back to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. Who has saved us and called us with a holy call. You have been given a holy call. Not according to your works. Not according to your, your status. Not according to your education. No, according to his purpose and grace. God has called you for this time. This season. And when you reject God, you are in trouble. Bad things will happen to you. You will, you will not see what God has purposed, planned, and expected you. But you will have, you'll have wars. You'll have turmoil. You'll have pain. You'll have, you'll, you'll have problem after problem after problem. Why? Because you cannot go against the purpose, plan, and expectation of God in your life. I don't care who you are. It didn't work for Jonah. It won't work for you. Oh, so you, you, don't, you don't think God won't swallow another person? Matter of fact, he just did because not too long ago I was reading a man got swallowed by a, by a whale. He got swallowed by a whale and he lived to talk about it. Go read it. Go look it up. Not now. Because I know some of you right now, I got a camera right there looking at all y'all. Y'all playing, playing Candy Crush. Y'all playing, you're talking on Facebook. You're talking to your friends, messages. Oh, I can see it. Zoom in right now and show that person right there. In aisle 54, verse, right there, right there, right there, right there. Brother Bruce is playing Candy Crush. But the eyes of the Lord walk to and fro. In other words, he's looking for those that are committed to him. Why? Because he wants to bless you. He's got something for you. He's got big plans for every one of you. Doesn't matter what color you are. Doesn't matter what culture you come from. Doesn't matter if you don't speak the, the, the language. It doesn't matter. He, you may, he may call you Jerome and tell you to go to some country and you don't even speak the language. But guess what? Don't worry about it. That's God's department. All God's asking you is to do it. It's to say, yes, he will put, he will take care of everything. Do you honestly think all those disciples who, who all those apostles and disciples, when they were distributed out, when they went out into all the world, do you think they spoke the language? No, but God did. God did. And because God did, God got all the glory because people got saved. That's how the gospel was preached. They went everywhere. They didn't worry about why. Because they truly believed what Jesus told them. Don't worry about what to say. Whether you're incarcerated or not. The Holy Spirit, who is your comforter, will put the words in your mouth and what to say. He will show you how to do it beforehand. Do you honestly think a fisherman knows what to do and what to say when he's in an environment that he's never, all he knows is fishing and all of a sudden he's being persecuted, he's been thrown into jail and he's been thrown before Pharisees and Sadducees. Do you honestly think a fisherman knows what to say? No, Peter didn't know what to say, but God did. Amen. In Acts, chapter, in Acts chapter 4, you see after he was incarcerated and he was thrown in there and, 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 and he began to speak and he began to talk. That wasn't And they said, oh, you must have been with that Jesus. 
Why? Because it wasn't Peter the fisherman and he talked. It was a Peter upon this rock. I will build my church. Hallelujah. See? Well, that's Peter. I'm not Peter. But you're still the church. Upon this rock, I'll build my church. It doesn't matter who you are. All God is looking for you is to do what he tells you to do. We're always asking God to do something for us. And he's faithful and just to do those things. We just read it. Every good thing comes from above. You ask, you shall receive. But when, why is it when it comes time for God asking us, we complain? Or it's not on our timetable. Or we have excuse after excuse after excuse. Excuses do not work with God when he is Jehovah Jireh. See, God doesn't see that. God doesn't understand excuses when he owns the silver and gold. So if it's a money problem, you have nothing to worry about. Do you honestly think Abram had the campaign, the finances for the campaign that Abram had to take to get where God wanted him to go? He did not have the, the finances to do that. God took care of it. God brought, brought him before kings. God brought him before influential people. And God took care of him all the way. God's no respecter of person. All God is looking for you to do is to say yes and go where he tells you to go. Do what he tells you to do and say what he tells you to say. Don't worry about the spiritual side, the physical side, the financial side. That's God's job. You just be obedient. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 through 13. It says, to everything, there is a, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones. A time to gather stones again together. A time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to cast away. A time to rent, a time and a time to sow. A time to keep silent and a time to speak. A time to love. A time to hate, a time of war, a time of peace. What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? Have I, I have seen the travail which God hath given to, his, to the sons of men to be exercised in it. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he has set the world in their heart, so that no man can findeth out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. I know that there is no good in them, but for a man to rejoice and to, and to do good in his life, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor, it is the gift of God. What do we see here in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 through 3? There? there is always time to do something. There is always time to do something for the kingdom of God. There's always a time, there's always a season to do something. There is always a time and season for you to do something 
on this earth. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what, what culture you may come from. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter if you're educated or uneducated. You can be, you can be a doctorate in A, B, C, D, F, and G, and, or you can be a garbage man. It doesn't matter. You, may, you can be a janitor. You can be, it doesn't matter. God says there is a time and season for the kingdom of God. All he's looking for you to do is that are you willing to work? Are you willing to do what he tells you to do? It doesn't matter what it looks like. Pastor Dad, I've never done nothing. He's asking me to build. I've never built anything in my life. Guess what? God has. Do you think Noah knew how to build an ark? Oh, I saw the movie. Those giant rocks came out of nowhere and they started helping him. That's the stupidity of an atheist who made that movie. But he was willing to make something. Why? Because a born again believer did not listen to God. And because of that, Hollywood did it their way. And how many people in this room went to go see it? Come on. Because you all laughed when I said rock. So you had to see it to laugh. Noah had no clue what an ark was. Why? Because it never rained. It never, they never seen that magnitude of flood before. But God called Noah. And guess what? Noah wasn't 75. Noah was 500 years old. Man, I would love to see what a 500-year-old man looks like. I know he does not look like a, today. Because today they would be so plastic up, so Botoxed up. They'd be petrified. But at 500 years of age, God says, I need you to build me an ark. And, and he said, yes. And he began to build an ark. What did God do? God to give him, give, give him wisdom. God began to show him how to do it. And as he's building, those people were laughing at him. He was still preaching as he was building. Hey, something's coming. A flood's coming. A flood's coming. He was preaching. Why he was doing? Oh, he was being mocked. He was being laughed at. Oh, but they weren't mocking and laughing when the first drop came. They go, what is that? What is that? Oh, isn't that beautiful? And all of a sudden, the earth began to open. The heavens begin to open. Something they'd never seen. So they weren't laughing and they weren't scoffing. They were screaming, help, help. But it was too late. There's always going to be the scoffers. And there's always going to be someone that's going to say, help, help, help. But you can't help them. Because if you try to help them, you're going to drown too. That's why God had to shut Noah up. In the ark. Noah didn't pull that. Noah did not have the capability of pulling that door shut. He didn't have the capability. God shut him up. Why? Because God knew he was man. And it's in man's nature to help. And God says, nope, this is all me. He shut him up. Because why? Because he did what? God told him to do. Doesn't matter what the task may be. Just be 
ready to say yes to God when he asks you to do something. Don't worry about it. And every step you take, he's going to show you. He's going to show you how to build it. Well, Pastor Dad, I, I, I'm not good at math. He is. I'm not good at English. He is. I'm not, I'm not good at talking in front of people. Oh, but he is. Because I know a lot of you is like, oh, I, I love Jesus and all that, but don't put me in front of people. Oh, I don't want to talk in front of the microphone. And when I give you the microphone, the microphone's hanging down here. I'm like, put the microphone in, and you're like, and you still hang it down this way, and you're still moving it. No. When God tells you to do something, do it. Right now, God's speaking. What is he saying? Are you willing to shout it out? Are you willing to shout it out? If God has spoken to you, are you going to hold it back or are you going to shout it out? One, two, three. God's speaking. Oh, you think God only uses me? You're wrong. God uses every one of us. Only reason why I'm up here is because I said yes. And I said yes to the call. And I know there's people that hate it. I know there's people mad at me. People's like, oh, that's a, you just got it because of your daddy. Guess what? My daddy's not here anymore. So guess what? I'm here. Because I knew I was called. Because trust me, Thad Thomas and his family would not be here if it wasn't for God. I've looked for every opportunity to get out of Florida. But I didn't leave. Why? Because I couldn't. Because I know what God told me here on this pulpit. I'm not Bishop. I'm Thad Thomas. I'm not going to be like him. I'm going to be who God called me to be. And I don't want you to be like Bishop, and I don't want you to be like me. I want, to, I want you to be what God's called you to be. Right now, God's speaking. What is he saying? I can't hear you. We don't, we don't mumble here in this church. We speak out loud. See, you got to be ready in season and out of season. You can't wait till it's oh after the service. Oh, Pastor Thad, God told me to say something, but I didn't want to interrupt. You missed it. I don't want to hear it. It's over with. It means nothing to me. It wasn't. It, 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 no, it was. It was meant to be for the body. Oh, only God speaks to those in the front. What about the people in the back? What's God saying in the back? God sits in the back too. You know. One day He'll push you up to the front. Holy Spirit, push him. What's God speaking to you? Well, Pastor Dad, I'm a visitor today. It doesn't matter. If God speaks to you, guess what? You have the green light to shout it out. Come on. What's God saying to you two beautiful ladies right here? Okay. I mean, I got a guy all the way from Canada and moved to North Carolina now. Amen. 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 See, you got to be, you got to be, this is, this is what the world's looking for. Why? Because the world's shouting and screaming all day late. They don't care. They don't care to have they act like a fool. And if you don't listen to a lot of what they do, they break something. They'll, they'll, they'll tear up a business. They'll tear up this. They'll flip over a car. They'll be, they'll cause fires. Why? Because they want to be heard. Why? Because when you don't, when the church shuts up, something else is going to talk. Oh, we want to be all nice and proper. It's time to stop being nice and proper. It's time to rise up. 
and shout what God is telling us to shout and do what he tells us to do. Lay hands on the sick. I don't know them. Who cares? God knows them. And it's your job to introduce them to it. There's always something to do for the kingdom of God. Whether it's Sunday, and yes, come Monday morning, God willing, there's something to do tomorrow morning. Be motivated. And say, oh, it's Monday. Mondays is a motivating day. You start, you've already started your week off. You came to church. Sunday's the first day. Monday's the second day. Amen. What are you going to do for the kingdom of God? As an employee of heaven, we have a purpose, plan, and expectation. Our job description is to be unified with the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and the church. Every one of you have a job description. That is not to sit in a pew. You're not called to sit in a pew. You're called to use your gifts and talents that he's called you with a purpose, plan, and expectation. He has gifted you. He has gifted you for the kingdom of God. He's called you with a holy calling. It's time for you to get out there and start using it. You don't need my permission. You got God's permission. You just unify yourself with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Pastor Thad, I've done it and I messed up. Guess what? We've all messed up. You keep doing it. How many times did Peter mess up? But he kept on going. How many times did Paul mess up? He kept on going. Shake it off. We're not perfect. We don't have a perfect body. We're not, we don't have that body yet. We will. But meantime, we constantly be the church. You may not say something right. You may say it wrong. You may twist the word a little bit. But don't beat yourself up. God looks at your heart. God looks at your heart. Now, we want you to be a student of the word. We want you to read the word. We want you to study the word. Why? Because if you read the word, study the word, you'll be able to pray the word properly and you'll be able to speak properly. We have to do our due diligence. 2 Timothy chapter 2.15, we study to show if ourselves approved unto God. In other words, we have to do our due diligence as a, as a believer. That's why here at Amanda, we tell you to read this word every day. Why? Because you need to know what you're saying. You need to know what you believe in. It's just, all it is is reinforcing Jesus in you. So you can be a witness. You can do what God's called you to do. But if you don't do this and say, I'm just going to wing it today, guess what? You're not going to do nothing for the kingdom of God because God does not wing nothing. None of those disciples winged it. They got out there and did exactly what God called them to do. Were they perfect? No. Remember, they didn't have no clue what the Holy Spirit was. They were fighting amongst themselves. Should we be circumcised? Should we not be circumcised? Should we speak only to the Jews and not the Greeks? And God had to work through all that to establish the church every day. And they were fighting. Peter, Paul, they were fighting. They had, Paul had to rebuke Peter. Peter had to step in when they were talking about circumcising and all that. And Peter said, hey, let me remind you, I had a vision. These Gentiles, hey, they got filled with the Holy Ghost. So let's move on. It doesn't matter where you may be. Just say yes to God. 
And understand there is always something to do for the kingdom of God. You are special in the eyes of God. Don't count yourself short. It doesn't matter if you sit in the front or you sit in the back. It doesn't matter if you work in the nursery or you work in the sound booth. It doesn't matter where you do. You are vital to the kingdom of God. And everything you do brings glory to him. And do it with a smile on your face. Even though inside you're like, ah! Because I know I've been there. You don't know how many times I've come forward. And I'm like, I got all my notes and God says no. And I'm like, ah, on the inside. Come on. Don't do this to me, God. Come on. You prayed all night. You study. You've all prepared. You've written your notes 12,000 times. And you've ripped it up and started over just like I did today. And, and I'm like. Do I preach the one in the back that I've been saving? I'm like, Lord. And I'm like, which one? And God says, trust me. How many of you trust God? No, 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 no. Truly trust God. Like Abram. Ooh, y'all put your hands down real quick. We cannot have the Jonah syndrome. We can't have the Jonah syndrome and run the other way. Because there's always going to be a Nineveh in every one of your lives. Every one of you will have a Nineveh situation. Nineveh was ugly. Nobody wanted to go to Nineveh. It was bad. They were sacrificing. They were eating the dung of animals, it was bad. I mean, it was, nobody wanted to go to Nineveh. And God saw the, unga the ungodliness and he was going to destroy it. And he says, I, I got to send somebody. And when God spoke to Jonah, Jonah says, ain't no way I'm going to Nineveh. That place is nasty. I'm a prophet of God. Prophet of God does not go to filth. Prophet of God goes to the big high rises and go to the rich people. Oh, there's a lot of them out there. They won't go to the small. Oh, I can't go to the small churches because I expect an honorarium of certain, 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 such. So I can't lower my standards of ministering. Oh, and if I do go, I have to go in a private plane because I can't let the spirits of the people in the plane with me get on me. I got to hear the God. See, that's Jonah. That's Jonah. And look where Jonah found himself. He found himself humbling himself being digested for three days. Oh, yeah, he was being digested in the belly of a well. Those acids were just eating away. What happens when you go into a stomach? What do you think you put? You put the food. It starts, acid starts to attack it and break it down. He was in the belly of a well for three days and the acid of that well was digesting him. For three days. Nineveh looks way better than the digestive system of, of a well. Think about it. And because God so loved the world, he caused that well to vomit him up on shore. 
And here comes oh, oh here comes Jonah. I mean, think about these people in the water fishing out there, fixing their nets. And there's a, here comes this whole half-digested man, bleached out, man. His clothes are all holy. God loves you. Repent. Because I've been in a well for three days. Think about it. Didn't say he changed clothes. Didn't say anything. It said he went, he got spit out by the whale or the fish, whatever you care about. And he said he went to Nineveh, half digested, hair on everything. God loves you. You need to repent. And let me tell you something. The anointing was on him. The anointing better be on him because, man, they were so bad and so possessed by devils. Even the devil said, whoa. I don't want that. I'm going to get saved. You're worse off than me. Think about it. What would you look like if you were in the belly of a well? All slick back with, you know, he, got his, he had his gel. Got to put my robe on. Oh, make sure my nails are done. I got my bling on. Thus saith the Lord. No, no, no. He was walking out like, let me tell you, I've been in the belly of a well. I stink like seaweed and krill and God knows what else it ate. And Pinocchio was not in there. Isn't it funny how they make a movie on Pinocchio? Where do you think they got it? The Bible. And guess what? Jonah was a jackass. He was. You know the story of Pinocchio? He went to Pleasure Island. He didn't listen. Got caught up and he turned into a donkey. And he found himself in a well. Well, Jonah was the same way. When you disobey God, you're going to find yourself. <laughs> but we all know the story of Nineveh. They repented. It caught the, I mean, it got to the point, it got to the, the man in charge, the king, and it said, hey, we need a change. It got all the way to the top. Some bleach-looking, half-dead man walking around preaching the gospel. There was an anointing on that. So it don't matter what you wear. Don't think, oh, I got to look a certain way. No, 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 just be you. Just be you. You don't need the tie. You don't need the jacket. You don't need to know. Just be you and make yourself available when God calls you to go. Because everyone in this room has a Nineveh. I didn't say every one of you room has a whale. I said every one of you has a Nineveh. Now, if you want a whale, that's your problem. If you want to suffer like, like Jonah to figure it out, hey, that's your business. Not me. Because any time you do what God tells you to do, and we'll get into this next, next sermons, God willing, you will be blessed in your deeds. You will be blessed in your deeds. James chapter 1 will get there eventually. You'll be blessed in your deeds. Your deeds. If you do what God tells you to do. I know you're hearing me. But don't let it stop just hearing you. Take what you hear and put it to practice. And make something of it today.
Amen? Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, before we take communion, I want to ask yourself, I want to ask you this. Are you right with God right now to go where he tells you to go? Because if you're not right with God, you're going to tell him no. To go where God tells you to go and do what God tells you to do, you got to be right with God. In other words, you got to be right with God. In other words, there cannot be nothing between you. In other words, your job can't be between, can't be between you and God. Your family cannot be between you and God. I love my wife, but my wife is not between me and God. She loves me, but I am not between her and God. God comes first. God comes first. Family, I love my family, but God comes first. Is there anything between you and God? Because if there's something between you and God, you won't be able to do what he tells you to do. Why? Because you're too, you, you, you're too, you're holding on to something that's not God. Now, God loves your family. God loves your spouse. Don't get me wrong. But God's purpose is far greater than your, your family, your spouse. God's, far, God's purpose God is, is far greater than your job, your business. It doesn't matter. God's purpose is first. And God is a jealous God. He will not share himself. He will not negotiate. He will not broker a deal. Oh, that Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, you can have your life, but Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you can be, no, 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 it's all God. It's all God. Now, when you say yes to God, God will take care of your marriage. God will take care of your family. God will take care of you and your job. God will take care of the business. Because that's who God is. But what stands between you and God? I can't answer that. You can. And if you're here today, God is speaking you. God is asking you to do something for him. God is asking you to be a part of his kingdom. And do what he's asking you to do to establish the kingdom of God. And that is to engage people. Outside these walls. See, there's one thing to engage your brother and sister in Christ. That's great. And we should do that because iron sharpens iron. But there's someone out there that, are, that is living in Nineveh that needs to be saved. That are bound by ungodliness, by wickedness, idolatry, witchcraft, drugs, alcohol, pornography, guilt, condemnation unforgiveness, hurt, pain, suffering, affliction. They're bound. And God is asking us to go and be that Jonah. To go and preach the good news and tell them, hey, God loves you. And God wants to bring you out of that. God never created you to live in that atmosphere. Sin has brought you into that atmosphere. But my Savior, Jesus has died on the cross to bring you out of that atmosphere. And I know a Holy Ghost who will transform you to kingdom status.
But if there's something standing in the way, you won't be able to do it. You won't be, first of all, you won't be able to hear God. Because God picks up on everything. He sees everything. He saw what King Asa did, but he tried to give him the benefit of the doubt, and he realized what he did, and he sent the prophet. Second Chronicles 16. And called him out. See, God has something planned for you, but are you willing to do it? And for you to do it, that means you've got to let go of everything and just hang on to God. Now, if you're here today before we take communion, are you right with God? Are you right with God? Are you right with God? I can't answer that. You can. And I'm not here to embarrass you. I'm not here to put you down. But we've all been there. I've been there. And, it cha- and, it, and, and I made the decision. I will no longer be separated from God. I will embrace Jesus as my Lord and Savior, as my King, because he paid an awesome price on that cross. He went to hell. He was resurrected in three days. And right now he sits at the Father, at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you and me so we can be what God's called us to be and do what he's called us to do. But nothing can stand between us. And if you're here today and if there's something standing between you and God, Come on, let's get right with God right now. Let's get right with God because we're about to take communion and communion is for people that are worthy. Not unworthy, people that are worthy. Because if you're worthy, it's a blessing. But if you're unworthy, it's a curse. And we want you to be right with God. And if you're not right with God, right where you're at and say, Pastor Thad, I'm not right with God, but I want to be made right with God. I want you to raise your hand right there, right where you're at. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. You know who you are. You know who you are. You know who you are. Don't. There's nothing to be ashamed of. I've been there. I've been there. I've been there. Yes, I've been there. I couldn't lie to God. I lied to myself day after day after day, but I could not lie to God. And when the invitation was given, God touched my heart through the preaching of the gospel. And I wanted to do what God wanted me to do. And that is to be a preacher of the gospel. But there was something standing between me and from preaching the gospel. And it was called sin. And because of that, I was separated from the the holy call that he had for my life. But that day, the gospel was preached. The invitation was given, and I raised my hand, and I said yes to Jesus. And when I said yes to Jesus, I got transformed. I got truly born again. I went beyond just a confessional. So many times people come forward, they just confess their sins. No, I got transformed that day, and I've never been the same.